Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Welcome to episode 24 of Chris will deal with it. Exhausted yet eager. Today's episode answers the question, what do I do when I'm exhausted? Do I force myself to do what I planned or reschedule it? Should I make sure I accomplish something, even if it's something less than planned? I'm going to explore these questions using four unusual analogies. Batteries, boulders, pucks, and prescriptions. Part 1. Batteries. So on a scale of 0 to 100, ask yourself, how much charge do I have left? Now, why didn't you choose a lower number or a higher one? Now ask yourself another question. How often do you recharge that battery? Are you taking regular breaks to top yourself off? Do you run yourself to zero, which then requires a longer effort or time to fully recharge? Or do you keep finding yourself in that 25 to 50% range, stressed out yet functional, grabbing small snippets where you can to keep going a little bit longer? Maybe the issue is your battery's charging capacity. It could be the size of your battery, that you're not charging it for long enough. Worse yet, you could be charging your battery in the wrong ways. You also have to look at how does an ideal energy usage look like to you. Everybody's unique. There's often going to be a flow to your week. Midweek, you might find yourself with lots of dips and you have to do short recharges, but then you wait for the weekend and you get back to that full capacity. You want to be sure to leave some power and reserve for unexpected events, especially if you have kids, and we'll explore that a little bit more later. What I'm asking you to do here is just identify trends and imbalances. To truly rest, though, you need to truly unplug. And don't feel guilty about not always expending energy. Those who depend on you deserve your best self. So rest assured, knowing that you're resting to bring your true best later. Exhausted work is often low-quality work, and in a lot of cases, you actually have to redo it. Not all activities are going to draw you down at the same rate. What areas or tasks are depleting you more than they should? Running multiple programs at the same time, i.e. multitasking, is going to drain your battery faster. And switching quickly from task to task is also going to draw you down quicker. And there is something to be said about extra effort providing some inner strength and conviction. So the battery analogy, you know, it's a loose one, but it does help you ask yourself some questions about what your energy usage looks like in a week and why you're feeling exhausted in the first place. So let's switch over to number two, boulders. And I'm going to use the Greek legend of Sisyphus here as an example. So Sisyphus was a man who was condemned for eternity by the gods to roll a boulder up a hill, only to have it roll down again once he got it to the top. Repeat this over and over. And it's a useful metaphor for accepting the struggles of life. Our effort may seem in vain, but each effort gets us closer to the top. We'll never truly be finished at the top, because we're going to have to keep pushing boulders up hills, but does that make the effort any less worthwhile? Perhaps your exhaustion is due to the idea of the monumental effort involved. Rather than focus on the hill itself, focus on the matter of getting started. Challenge yourself to do a minute of whatever it is your heart is set on. Then you can build on that. Soon you may find you've got momentum that carries you further than what you thought you had in you. But what if you're truly not in the space to do the thing you really wanted to do? 
You know, for example, it might be your turn to watch the kids, which means writing an incredible podcast episode isn't going to happen. So I often use this kind of time to get menial things out of the way as a way to free up more productive time later. You know, I might do some house cleaning, organizing, paying bills, etc. It's a way to gift future you the bandwidth to do the thing when time, place, and energy are better aligned to bring your full resources to the task. But don't waste those moments past you has gifted current you. If you're faced with the work or play debate, go back to that first minute mentality. Let me just get started. Let me build momentum. And you can apply this to a lot of the things you don't want to do in the moment. Exercise is a great example here. Everyone can do something for a minute, and often you'll start gaining momentum and go for longer. And listen, there's going to undoubtedly be false starts, mistakes, and the potential for regretted experiences, but all those shape us too. They do help us to shift course towards new frontiers of understanding and ability. Let's hop over to pucks. So as a beer league hockey player, occasionally I'm in a game where one team is up by a bunch of goals. The result is pretty much assured, yet the game has to be played out. Regardless of which side of the result you're on, this is often referred to as garbage time. When I'm in this situation, I don't just pack it in. I'm there for a reason. It's exercise. It's, in a lot of ways, hockey is my church. So instead of just being, ah, whatever, I don't really care, I do change my focus. How best can I utilize this time to improve myself long-term? I'll swap positions with someone so we can both get more experience in a position we don't play as much. I'll use my backup stick so I don't risk more valuable resources on a blowout. Often I'll focus on a specific skill, going out of my way to work on it. There's little harm in messing it up since it likely won't affect the end result anyway. I don't feel as guilty if I'm practicing picking up pucks on my backhand and one skips over my blade. I also try to reframe the game itself. I'll focus on trying to win the period, even if we're still going to lose the game or win it. And there's lots of other examples of garbage time outside of a hockey rink. You could be waiting in a long checkout line. You could be on a job site, but you're waiting for a critical element or person to arrive before your work can begin. You might be playing out the end of a long strategy game where you know who's going to lose. This is the old Monopoly joke where a game is spending the first half an hour figuring out who's going to win and the last three hours watching them do it. It could be your commute to and from work, cutting the grass. Or in the case of our asker, it's facing that reality of exhaustion. You don't really want to go to bed, but you just can't bear with the fact that you you know, there's things that you have to do and accomplish. What's done is done. You are where you are. So focus on what you can do in this situation. If you force performance, that juice might not be worth the squeeze. So try to change focus. What can you do that will set up future you for success? Again, we go back to the example of using those menial tasks or maybe even just going to bed early and waking up earlier the next morning when you're fresher. Part four of this is going to be prescriptions. So what would you prescribe yourself to alleviate your situation? Think outside of yourself here. You're a doctor or better yet, a mentor who's looking over your own shoulder trying to give you sage advice. And we can assume that they know the all of your situation. They're weighing your current mental and physical state, your goals and aspirations, the state of your battery, the resources available to you in the moment. So taking all that into account, what activities might they prescribe? And here's the thing about prescriptions. They're supposed to be taken on a regular schedule. You never want to miss a dose, but when you do, you're often supposed to just get right back on schedule. They're often taken every day at specific times of the day. They're planned into or around your existing routines. <laughs> Sometimes they don't taste good, but we do them because of our faith that they'll improve us. Now, these regular doses can be considered rituals or patterns, which help prepare us for switching from one mode to another 
or for opening and closing our days. This could be journaling, reading, meditation, a walk around the neighborhood, the Sunday crosser with a cup of fancy tea that you only bust out during that specific ritual. These prescriptions don't all need to be relaxed and restorative. You may prescribe a ritual that requires expending more energy than you normally use, but it's one that scratches an itch you don't get during your day job or during a work week. Maybe your hobby is motorcycle repair. Working in the garage for a few hours with some of your favorite music can be the prescription for breaking free of a desk job during the week that sucks your soul away. Uh, you might take pleasure in yard work. For me, writing books is vital to who I am as a person and often brings me immense satisfaction, despite the difficulty and long-term commitment that books require. Again, this might seem counterintuitive, but your restorative prescriptions will often counter the tasks in your life that exhaust you. Now, I want to go back to this notion of uncertain situations that can often derail your plans and make us unexpectedly exhausted, such as kids. It's frustrating to have our plans and expectations altered by outside forces. This is something I struggle with a lot. You know, it can feel at times like the world is conspiring against you. It really stinks when you don't get to accomplish what you set out to do in a day. It can help to adopt a stoic mindset here, and I have to remind myself of this too, where you reframe the situation as one where you consider how lucky you are to have the things in your life that are causing those derailments. Consider the blessings you do have in your life or how you might enjoy them best in the current situation. Imagine your life without those things. And similar to the concept of garbage time, can you reframe your goals to suit the current moment, setting future you up to get back on track quicker? We do need to be conscious of what we spend our energy on. There are likely patterns that we've gotten ourselves into that we don't realize, which are sucking away valuable resources such as time and the ability to focus. The poster child for this is scrolling social media. These digital pacifiers are eroding many people's ability to focus for long periods of time. It also counteracts our ability to daydream. And when we daydream, the brain might seem like it's not doing too much, but it's actually doing a lot. Are those fleeting little dopamine hits getting you closer to where you want to be? I mean, you got to consider here the insatiable pull of these little screens. You'll often see people sucked into the trap even when they're performing vital but tedious tasks like walking down a city street or driving a car. You really do need to focus on what you're doing in some situations. You know, one distracted mistake can derail not just your life, but other people's too. You know, when you sit on the toilet, do you instinctively grab for your phone? There's not many things you can actively do during toilet time. You could be training yourself away from habitual energy drains. You know, recently, I've been keeping a small book in the bathroom that I can read in short snippets, leaving my phone back at my desk to avoid that pull. I didn't mean to go on too much of a tangent with the phone thing that's fodder from future episodes and past ones. But I do think it's important to see those patterns because it kind of brings it back to that battery analogy, right? You, are you distracting yourself with these things that don't really add value? I'm going to end today's episode with a quote, and it's another gem courtesy of the Stoic philosopher Seneca. If men could see their future years numbered as precisely as their past, what a flutter there would be among those who saw that their remaining years were few. How sparing of them would they be? If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources from today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com, or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris Will Deal With It.